Oh. All right, Jonathan, welcome back. Second podcast. How are you keeping? Yeah, good to be back. All good, thank you. Keeping well. Yeah, I thought it'd be a great podcast now to maybe more formally introduce yourself, maybe to those those who've been listening for a while, maybe haven't heard your voice. So I thought it'd be a great time. Yeah, I can certainly give you a bit of my background. And I think it'd be a good idea to kind of talk a bit about you know, risk management, trade psychology, uh, it, even talk about potentially, you know, trading mistakes and how new traders can avoid those pitfalls as well, you know? Yeah, and, and maybe even as well, just talking about, you know, the sort of evolution nearly off of the sort of trading era. I mean, trading 20 years ago was a different game to it was, you know, definitely now. I mean, even 10 more. years ago, you know, yeah. it's... Suppose even the rise of Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, whatever it may be. Absolutely, I mean, we should certainly we'll, we'll certainly go over that, I think, and kind of help broaden, I suppose, the viewership or listenership's kind of understanding of, you know, the reality of trading somewhat. But in terms of, I suppose, my background, Rory, as you know, you know, I started out trading maybe fifteen years ago, and you know, as all retail traders go down that pathway, that it's just you know, continuous losses, you know, or it's a kind of, it, it's a balancing that between winning and losing, but mm-hmm. really not getting anywhere, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, after maybe three accounts of, you know, blowing up three accounts and kind of took a completely new approach. And, and again, like I said, it took me 15 years. If I had the right mentor at the very start of my journey, I think it could have, could have wiped out maybe 10 of those years yeah. to, get to, <laughs> to where I am now. But um yeah so you know again trading for quite a long time i took that kind of trading knowledge into online learning um somewhere around eight years ago wanting to kind of share my knowledge but more so you know mentors of mine and 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 real experts in the industry to share their knowledge to actually offer i suppose an opportunity and a route for traders retail traders specifically to to be able to have an opportunity to get real education, real understanding of how trading works and, and not be fooled by the, you know, the, the nonsense that's out there. So, so I started that eight years ago, um, during that time, you know, we've taught thousands of traders through, through the, through the processes. And from there, obviously I got the opportunity to come into two blocks trading and, you know, and, and, and try to do the same here. And obviously we've got a huge audience here at two blocks trading, and it's a great opportunity for, for us to be able to share our knowledge mm-hmm. and, and like I say, bring the right people in to, to help traders along their journey. Um, obviously, as you said there at the start of the interview um, or, you know, Instagram over the last few years has blown up. When I first started my journey in teaching people how to trade, there was no such thing as Instagram. You know, it, yeah. was, it was, it was just kind of very little out there. And, uh, you know, it was, I suppose online learning was really emerging um, and, you know, I suppose through the through the last kind of I suppose seven or eight years now, really, um, Instagrams blew up, and we see all these kind of lifestyle traders, these guys standing beside Lamborghinis and you know and yachts, or you know they're they're renting these out for the day and kind of pretending to to, to offer this lifestyle that really isn't there. They're yeah. luring people into a sense security of how you can become you know rich overnight, mm-hmm. you know, and unfortunately. I'd, I'd imagine 99% of these guys can't trade themselves. And yeah. that's the biggest problem with the industry. Exactly. You know, I, I would agree. I think, you know, for as long as I've been trading, Instagram's only really existed, to be quite honest. Um, you know, that's really where my first sort of steps in the industry were. Was I've seen it on Instagram, wondered how people got this lifestyle. Luckily, I, didn't, I never fell for it. And I was always interested in going to uni and going down the finance route. So always 
you know, luckily had that tight mentor there. But I mean, I've got some wicked stories of, you know, how I've actually exposed Instagram, not exposed them, you know, publicly, but exposed Instagram sort of traders and people like that, you know, before. And I mean, as you know, just a few weeks ago, there I was in Dubai, which I feel as if is just the hot spot for Forex trading gurus. I mean, I I think it's just the sweet spot to find them, you know. Yeah. And it's pretty plastic the first, over there. Yeah, and the first the first place, you know, I I noticed it was was on the plane. I mean, it it maybe didn't have anything to do with Forex or, or trading, but it definitely had to do with with Instagram posts as well. I remember when we were just about to deboard the plane, we arrived into Dubai. Everybody got out of their seats and and whatnot. And next thing, I could just feel these people praying pressuring us like right behind us pushing us i was wondering you know what are they doing where, where's the rush here everybody has to get bags what they were actually doing was jumping into the business class seats when the plane had landed and trying to make it all tidy take a few photos and snaps and then the, the cabin crew says excuse me can, can you get out of that seat we know you don't sit there so they were happy enough they got their photos and they just disappeared again and now god knows where those photos has have went or where they are now they're probably up on instagram saying you know i flew to dubai business or first class whatever it is and the same story even said, you know, we went to uh, one of these sky pools as well. We reserved the front row seats. I actually don't think they were that more expensive, but they were definitely more expensive. And when we got to leave, people again actually came and took our seats to, to take photos. And I'd never experienced anything like this in my life. You know, people. It's, it's the Instagram and it's the lure of the lifestyle. And yeah. unfortunately, people get fooled by, you know, the, you know, by this opportunity that they portray that you can become rich, you know, overnight by learning how to trade. And unfortunately, it's not that as as you know, as we all know, you know, trading is a skill. And I, I go back to that old analogy all the time when I'm speaking to people. And it's, a you know, if you were to learn how to drive a car, and your instructor, your instructor doesn't know how to drive the car, how are you going to be able to drive that car? It's gonna be impossible, right? You're never going to be able to actually drive that car. Um, exactly. So, you, you know, and it goes back to to what you said there um, about people kind of putting up pictures and, and and creating this 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 image, and that's what it is. It's an image. You know, these guys don't have money from trading. You know, they they literally want to 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 create this this image and this perspective that they they're wealthy because of their trading, but that's that's just not the case. And going back to say like. You know, from my point of view, from being in this industry for so long and, and seeing it from the other point of view and listening to all this horror stories from customers coming through, you know, from from bad experiences before they've come to us and, you know, how how people have been lured into, you know, getting credit cards just to be able yeah. to like, trade money. You know, some some companies, you know, ringing up traders to say, look, you know, we can make your money, we can trade for you, you know, yeah. or they'll show them gains for the first month and they'll say, right, okay, let's triple your account. And, you know, like I just couldn't tell you how many stories I've heard from from, you know, people who have been exploited by by these situations, you know. Yeah. And I think, you know, even if you look at the new thing now, well, I think it's new. Maybe you can correct me. But these algorithms and, you know, AI trading now that's out and things yeah. that people are trying to sell. I don't think people are trying to sell that 10 years ago. And that's definitely something now that they're that they're trying to sell. You know, you can access their free proprietary algorithm for 50 quid a month that has 80 percent returns. And, you know, it's it's all this just complete nonsense. You know, yeah, that you I've, see I've, I've actually I've had like people that I know directly come to me to try to sell me that you know their algorithm that they've built over the last you know six months or twelve months that yeah. is producing X amount of results and by, by themselves in the bedroom <laughs> exactly and and you know look it's it's nonsense unfortunately there's there is there is no algorithm out there 
for the retail trader that's going to get you consistent gains because as you know if there if if this person somehow does come up with this algorithm that actually does produce real returns then jp morgan Morgan Stanley, all the biggest institutions out there are going to take that off you and pay you so much money that it will never get released to the general public. Simple as that. And, you you know, even when you mention so much money, it's not hundreds of thousands or even hundreds of millions. You know, you are into the billions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You see this. I mean, Citadel alone spend, I think it's something like 25 billion or something ridiculous on quantitative strategies every year. It's something absolutely ludicrous. So I mean, if they're willing to spend, you know, tens of billions every year in developing quantitative strategies, do you really think the guy down the road who's charging you 50 quid, you know, a month to use his strategy is going to outperform him, you know? And on top of that, Rory, like, you know, these algorithms that these banks are investing in, that we're not talking about getting, you know, 100% returns in a year. We're talking about, you know, max, you know, maybe 20%, you know, somewhere yes. around that kind of mark, you know, and getting them continued results with the right risk risk parameters around it. That's the kind of money that, that that's there for 20% annual returns on these yeah. kind of yeah. And you know, some of these guys are making 40 to 60% a year, and it's flashing in the headlines because that's a great yeah. and amazing yeah. year. You know, it's not as if this is every month. That's one year. I think Citadel had their best every year last year. And it literally everything just flashed up about them. You know, Ken Griffin was getting interviewed left, right, and center, and people were like, This is amazing. How'd you do it? And, you know, then the retail traders are like, oh, I make that every week, you know, and it's like, right, okay. <laughs> well, look, you know, look, the, the beauty of it is, right, um, trading, look, there's so many ways to trade the financial markets, right? There's no yeah. one right or or no one wrong way to trade, right? Um, and and regardless if you, you know, the beauty of retail trading is you can make high percentages in, in a short space of time. But the problem is you can also make, higher or larger losses within that same amount of time and it's about you know and we, we i'm kind of want to move on to that a bit as well in terms of you know risk management trade psychology and also talking about maybe you know good traders as opposed to bad traders and where where traders get it wrong you know yeah. and 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 what makes it different especially right at the start of your journey and if it's not at the start of your journey maybe you're still making these you know wrong decisions because you never actually had the foundations in the first place mm-hmm. you know to, to actually start off on on the right footing yeah um you know like like i said trade trading is a skill so like if you know in terms of we've had these conversations quite a number of times um and more recently talking about trading psychology and yeah. we see all of these kind of traders that don't know much about what they're talking about they kind of push off you know mistakes or things about you know we talk about psychology but you know we've got a i've got a very different viewpoint on that personally myself you know what's your thought process and i'll run through what mine is yeah like around psychology and things like that yeah. i tend to try and switch off as much as i can and try and really act like a computer it's it sounds a bit strange and a bit weird but i just I try to trust the maths as, as much as possible. And that's really where everything comes from me. I mean, yeah. one of the one of the best ways I can put it and explain it in very simple terms is if anybody plays like, you know, a card game like Blackjack, for example, and people may be aware of like a thing called basic strategy, it always says, you know, if you're dealt a 16 and the dealer's showing a seven, you always should hit the card anyway. And you may be sitting in a casino, you may be sitting at the table thinking, well, I just have a really good feeling that it's not going to be. I don't care how good my feeling is. I don't care what's happening around me. I'll always trust the maths and go for it because I know that over a longer period of time, it will then start to pay out. Because I always feel that if you take that small risk now of going against the maths or the strategy, and then it pays off, 
that's when you can start to develop the bad habits of saying, oh, well, I'll do it again and again. And before you know it, uh, that gut feeling has then turned into a bad reaction and then also turned into a bad loss. So one of the best ways I always try and do is, is to try and quantify everything, Jonathan, instead of maybe qualifying everything. Agreed. And, and, you know, we, we, we spoke about psychology and like you say, you know, when you're a bit more objective about your decision-making process, you have a strategy in place, yeah. you know, really psychology should not come into the equation. And, you know, for me, psychology comes into the equation if you don't have a good environment around you when you're trading, let's say, yeah. or, you know, you, you've had a bad day and you don't have the right mindset to trade for, for them reasons. You're maybe not thinking as clear as you should be. And, um, you know, you're letting your emotions take control of your decision making process for sure. But in terms of the real psychology of trading, it really once your objective, once you have your stop losses in place, once you have your once you, you you've executed that trade on the basis of your strategy and you have that right bias and, and, and whatever confirmations you have behind that. You know, at the end of the day, the only time the psychology comes into play sometimes with me personally is when I should take profit. I might have top profit levels and targets but obviously that that might may change throughout the day or if there's something going on or you know but in terms of psychology you know it should be really i mean for me personally if you have the strategy if you have risk management in place then psychology then shouldn't take over and the crazy thing is when i talk to people and i say look you have to lose to win when it comes to trading and i don't understand what that means right what does that mean what do you mean i have to lose to win with trading well if you're going to have a successful trading strategy, Rory, and let's say you took 10 trades that week, yeah. you know, let's say you took six of those are winning trades. That mm-hmm. means four of those trades that you've actually took were losing trades. Yeah. Now, you couldn't have had a successful, a successful week um, had you, you know, had you not taken four losing trades. Yeah. So and that's is, you kind of have to make sense of that, right? And and it even took me a long time to make sense of that. And and the biggest problem with new traders coming through and the mistakes they make is not putting stop losses on or moving their stop losses or, or mm-hmm. you know they, they're doing the opposite to to what they should be doing. You yeah. know they're letting they're letting their losers go against them and they're cutting their profits short. Yeah. Rather than letting their profits run and cutting their losers short. Yeah. You know. And and for me that's just what you've said. There's the key difference I always say between professional trader and a retail trader. You know, there's always a thing in the industry called a hard stop loss and a soft target. So when your yeah. stop loss is hit, you always let it hit. Yeah. You always yeah. take it off when it's hit. But whenever your uh, take profit gets hit, you have to ask yourself the question. If you if, if you get a notification saying your, your take profit's been hit and it maybe isn't an automatic close, you have to ask yourself the question, Jonathan, why did that get hit? You know, yeah. and the, the, the answer is because you were right, because it's working, it's favorable. So then you have to ask yourself, well, will it just leave, leave it running? Is, is the fundamentals, is the technicals still aligning? If yes, keep letting it run because it might have been a three to one risk reward trade. But now all of a sudden, because you're letting it run, it might be a five to one, a six to one. And then going back to what you said about having six winning trades and four losing trades, you might still have six winning trades and four losing trades. But one of those winning trades was absolutely huge. Yeah. And it just blows everything out of the proportion. And then yeah. you might only need to have two winning trades a week, yeah. but because you've had such a big winning trade, yeah. you know, it, it, it just, it just levels out. Yeah. And that's exactly. one thing we talked about in the app very early in the days. And I think I'm going to repost it again in the app is about having uh, hard stops and soft limits. I think that's something everybody should be aware of. 100%. And also trading within the right markets, right? There's no point trading, you know, a massive portfolio of different asset classes or, you know, markets that you don't know what's going on. You don't know the economic environment or so on. Like trade, trade, especially when you're starting out, 
trading, you know, trading markets that you understand or or stocks that you have more of knowledge around or whatever the market you're trading in, at least try to have some knowledge of what's going on in that market, right? Yeah, as well as even as well, looking at the, you know, the volatility in the market too. You don't want to be trading something that's maybe too volatile for you. If that's not what you're about, if you prefer a quieter market, you know, make sure what you're trading is represents the volatility that you're, you know, willing to take. Like that's sure. also another. another and thing. it goes back to as well, trade sizing. Yeah. You know, understanding, you know, if you are to place a trade, you know, where is that stop loss? Where is it meant to be placed? You know, understanding, okay, so if you have a smaller trade size, you can widen your stop loss. You might need to widen your stop loss, you know, outside of a certain range or a high or a low or whatever the case may be. And these are all the small things that come into play. And they, you know, the the biggest thing for new traders, especially is building consistency. It doesn't matter when I say new trader, it could be a completely new trader or somebody who's been trading for a year or two, even that really haven't, you know, just took that next step yeah. to, to actually get that consistency. And so many traders fight, with the winning, you know, winning trades and losing trades, but never can really find that consistency. And yeah. once once you can build that consistency, once you can keep your strategy simple, once you stick to an objective mindset, once you can, you know, once you can overcome that, all of a sudden you'll start to see them small gains coming in, right? And you start yeah. to see them small gains. Once you start to see that over a period of time, then we can start to increase our account balance, our trade size and et cetera because we know what we're doing is working, you know, and that's the difference. Exactly. You don't want to be doubling down every time you lose us. <laughs> you, have, you haven't gotten an unlimited amount of cash. So yeah. if you double down every time you lose 10 trades, you could be down a hell of a lot of money. Yeah, well, the markets can remain illogical, you know, longer than you can remain solvent. And that's really yeah. the key, right? That's definitely the key. And I mean, one of the other things, you know, I've noticed that a lot of retail traders as well, myself was included at the very start, was that whenever people get asked why your stops there or why your limits there, very few people can give you a, a definitive answer and a very good answer where I walk away and go, yeah, fair enough. They're always saying, oh, because it, it just looks like a good place or, oh, it's because it, my stop's here, so I had to put my limit here to make it a two for one. You know, there's no actual reasoning behind it of why it's there. It's just... Well, it, goes, it goes back to waiting for your, your entry as opposed to chasing trades, right? A lot of people yeah. chase trades on the basis of seeing a moving market and want to jump onto that moving market or whatever the case may be. But for me, it's having the right setup. It's waiting for, you know, my three or four different confirmations to align. You know, I've got to, obviously, first of all, I've got a sentiment bias. So before I go near my trading charts, I've got a bias, whether that's a buy or sell within that particular market. Once I have that, then I'm looking at my charts and my charts, then I'll wait for those charts to align with that bias. Mm -hmm. You know, and once I have then maybe two or three confirmations within that chart, then I'm executing my trade. And I'm, I'm only executing that trade when I can get my stop loss, you know, outside of the area that I need my stop loss in. Yeah. You know, like, so th these are all the things that, that weigh into what makes the difference between a good trader and a bad trader. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's just so many things out there. And I think, one of the best things people can do, I think, Jonathan, is ask questions. I don't think enough people ask questions. What they're too busy doing is always revising over their good trades instead of revising over their, over their bad trades. If they could ask questions on, you know, why did this go wrong and why do you think this went wrong and what should I do better next time? That's the best way to improve. You can't improve a winning trade. Absolutely. And going back to that, I mean, trade and journaling is, is key uh, that I found. And it might be something that people go, 
oh, do you know, I don't have time, or it just feels like that one thing that you just really don't want to do. But actually what you'll find is by trade journaling is you'll figure out what time is the best time for you to trade during the day, what markets you're, you're, you're getting the best results from, you know, and then you can, these key indicators, and then all of a sudden then you can really kind of, you know, put a microscope over, you know, what's working and what's not. And all of a sudden then these are, the, again, it's, it's all about the small differences. Trading, right? Trading for me is about trying to stack as much on, in my favor as possible. I'm I'm not going to get be right in every decision I make, but what I want to do is stack as many favors, um, in, 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 in stack as you know, stack as many. Yeah, just you know, I just want to have as many opportunities to say yes, that's the right decision, as opposed to saying, okay, I'm just going to take this trade because of a reason outside of my strategy. You know. Yeah. Because it, it it only ends up one way and wrong, and and don't be don't don't go to your trading screen and think that you have to check a trade there and then. You know, wait for your setups, even put buy limits in, sell limits, whatever. You know, yeah. wait for these opportunities. Yeah, I th- I think that's always the best the best way too. You know, people who are sitting at the chart waiting around all day, you know, to take one trade. I mean, I I, I think that can be quite an expensive trade. You know, if yeah. you're waiting all day just to take one trade. What happens if you don't take a trade? You know, you've wasted a whole day waiting for something. Set the alert if you're well aware of the fundamentals, well aware of the technicals. Set the alert, log on, see what it looks like. Take it, or as you say, you know, set the limits of the orders there. Absolutely, and just to, just to cover something small as well in terms of the, there's different types of traders, and everybody's got their own lifestyle, right? People are working full time, yeah. people are working part time, some people, you know, are trading full time, and you know, a big part of success within trading is is actually creating the creating the right strategy for your lifestyle right so like if you're working nine to five you know try to get up that little bit earlier see if them setups are there take your trades in the morning put in your 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 stop losses and your take profits come home later on that evening we can see then you know open up your your laptop your desktop and see how that trade is performing for you you know you don't need to be on your trade your trading screen all day long by any means exactly and as you say as well, be aware of the markets, you know, that you're good at trading. I mean, there's so many people out there probably think they're great at trading cable or euro dollar, whatever, DAX, whatever it may be. But I guarantee if they go through the results, then they actually find that they're losing money when there's trades. And rather than being good at, it's just what they enjoy. Yeah. There's two different, you know, it's two totally different things. But, but, but they can they can kind of go hand in hand, right? I mean, you kind of, if you, if you enjoy trading a particular pair, because maybe you can form a bias better in a particular pair or a particular market or whatever it is because you know once you're immersed within if you can spend 30 minutes listening to the news every day it's gonna it's just gonna be first of all that's the number one thing that you need to be doing you need to understand what's the changing environment you know Mm -hmm. what are these banks seeing you know what's happening in the world that you know the the big money movers the institutions are moving their money on the on the back of you know so once you once you have that that's your first point again two is double checking your economic calendar making sure there's no high impact news events coming around those times and three is going to your trading charts and having your setups right simple as that exactly definitely the one i stress about is the economic calendar i think that's the biggest one i'll never forget the lesson i had i was jumping on a plane one time and it was a jump i was coming from belfast to london and it was on a DAX short, so I was, and had no idea that um, euro area inflation was just about to come out, as well as German inflation. Hopped yeah. on the plane, landed in, in London, got the notification that all the positions had been closed, and that there was a margin call in the account. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a hard lesson. You know, and I was sitting there being like, oops. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah 30, well, look, 36,000 feet in the air, and you've got a fucking margin call. 
and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> well, there, there is. You should have put a stop loss, right? <laughs> exactly. But because in my head, you know, the data, I, I thought the data was coming out the next day. If I knew the data was coming out then, I would have put the stop loss on. I says, oh, there'll be nothing coming out. I doubt anything's going to happen. So, you for know. sure. But, and that was but one of the biggest lessons I got very early on. Yeah, absolutely. You know. Well, I, look, I think that was a good roundup. I kind of enjoyed that. It's good yeah. to kind of talk about, you know, the simple things that make the big differences. And, you know, certainly, hopefully I get an opportunity to come back on to the podcast at some point and maybe um, touch back on some of these points as well. Yeah, I mean, I think there's, you know, you've got a lot of experience there. And I think a lot of the listeners and definitely the users in the app as well is definitely going to want to tap into that. You know, I think, sure. I mean, just as just to stress it and reiterate it that you know you are actually active on the app all the time obviously CEO of the company you're going to be there so if anybody does have any further questions for you I mean they can just reach out to them on the app can't they 100% that's yeah. one thing that I'll always be is open to questions and look for me you know if I had the opportunity that I want to offer to other traders now I would have jumped at it with two hands you know um educate yourself you know get learn from the right people you know have a you know people that you can trust and you can you can put your faith behind when you're looking at their analysis, when you, you know, look at people's backgrounds, you know, that's the biggest thing for me. If you want to learn how to trade, someone wants to, you know, to teach you how to trade, what's their background? Do these guys have a background, you know, in trading? You know, what is that background? Is it banking? Is it, you know, economics? Is it, you know, yeah. you know, biggest thing for me is learn from the right people, whether that's from us, it's absolutely key to your success. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you know, we've got a good list of contacts there as well. I mean, Mike, that's just recently departed off that pension fund now, you know, he's obviously going to be a very valuable contact. And, you know, I'm still at university, going into a master's. I've got a lot of contacts out there as well as yourself, a lot of contacts. Absolutely. And 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 look, you know, it doesn't matter what you want to do in trading, whether you want to be a part-time trader to try to build that second income yeah. or you want to, you know, take them steps into full-time trading, or you just want to work within the industry. You know, we've yeah. got, you know, we're here to help, you know, Definitely. ask questions, reach out to us and we're always here to help. Yeah. hundred percent. Jonathan, thanks very much for joining them. Great podcast. And hopefully everybody reaches out soon with a few questions on the app. Yeah. Thank you very much. And nice take one. care. Rory. Cheers, Catch you the next one. Cheers. Bye now.